0: it's Andriana, and I'm so happy that you are taking some time to be here with me today because with back to school, back to work, back to the grind, many of us may already be in overwhelm and survival mode, or maybe we're worried that that feeling, that sort of burnout is on the horizon. It's just around the corner. Um, But maybe you're also wondering how you can be proactive as we jump into the fall season without getting sucked into overachiever and overdrive mode. Now, my guest today says it's all about building new habits through daily intention setting. I'm so happy to share this interview with journalist, success coach, and host of the new podcast, a success of our own, Natalie Ruskin, to help you navigate the busiest time of year with less stress. Today we are talking about sustainable success, letting go of hustle culture to redefine success on your own terms. Natalie is sitting with us today and she is an award-winning journalist, coach, and meditation teacher. She spearheaded multiple well-being initiatives as a leader within the CBC and produced original series as well as a regular column on well-being. Natalie left the corporate world to lead her own coaching business as and has been coaching high potential leaders and teams to find their thriving altitude in a way that feels sustainable and authentic. Please enjoy this conversation as Natalie shares practical tips on how to reframe the usual back to the grind angst and her own story of recovering from burnout and hyperachieving. Hey I'm Andriana Gonko, and this is the Juggle is Real podcast. As I share my ongoing journey from experiencing burnout to leading a more mindful and intentional life with better balance, I hope you feel seen, that you realize your worth, lighten your load, and prioritize your own needs. As we hear from leading experts and well-known faces in the wellness, entrepreneurship, education, and motherhood space, I hope you gain insights, proven practices, and learn actionable tools to help you enjoy the juggle of work, family, and everything in between with a little less stress and a lot more ease, joy, and fun. Most of all, I hope you find what you need to simplify, streamline, and supercharge your own journey of better balance and self-love. Are you with me? Let's get started. Natalie, welcome to the Juggle is Real podcast. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me, Adriana. I am really looking forward to chatting today because I want to learn more about your journey and I want to learn about how you're now helping so many women especially let go of that hustle culture and redefine success on their own terms something that I think is so important. And I know you have so much good stuff to talk about today. And before we get moving into like the action part and what can we be doing, I would love to learn more about what you have sort of been coining and talking about as sustainable success. So can you share with with me, with the listener, what is sustainable success and where is the curve headed based on the research and the, the data that you've found and based on your own experience, what is sustainable success?
1: It's a big question. And there's a part of me that goes right into imposter syndrome and thinks, what, Natalie, like, who are you to be talking about this? You, you still are, like, having a hard time getting to bed exactly when you want and being present yeah. <laughs> with your kids. I think it is definitely an individual definition and it's not something that has a singular description. What I, what I am learning in myself from the, those I've um, featured in my podcast and also uh, the clients that I've worked with over the last number of years is that sustainable success is something that we can relax into. And that comes from Elizabeth Gilbert, Liz Gilbert, who wrote E-Pray Love. And she really talked about how she's all for supporting the feminist, um, the feminists who came before us, uh, who were all about compassion and caring for the community. and. Um, showing that we could do it all and I also though you know I heard when she spoke in Toronto um, last year that that definition of success is still burdening us and so for me sustainable success is something we can actually say I've done good enough and I can relax into it and if we can't relax if it feels like there's just always one more thing to do and that physically we are breathing shallow and we don't have time to prioritize what's most important in our lives whether that's our well-being our children our hobbies that to me is a bit of a red flag that it's not sustainable so perhaps like sustainable success is also, being able to identify where in our lives we're feeling things are not sustainable. So it's more of like a living, breathing definition than something, because I have yet to figure it out, yeah. Adriana, completely, but I know I'm asking the questions. I'm not here to be present this guru- profile and persona. I have yet to figure that out and to find a human example of someone who has, to be completely honest.
0: Yeah, uh, I think it, it really is an evolution, right? And it's sort of that ongoing process of, of taking what you need and letting go of maybe what you don't need. And I was recently really struck by a saying, and it was, um, I'm not sure if it was a c- quote or just a meme, but it was like, I'm not saying no, because I'm too busy. I'm saying no, because I don't want to be too busy. And that really resonated with me because I was like, yes, like we are in this really, really fast paced part of the year where the days are just going by in a flash, whether you have kids who are in back to school mode, it's sort of that back to work. And we've got to gear up for this beautiful q4 and it has to be successful and all of this stuff Mm -hmm. right so it's like as emails are coming to us and the class dojos and um you know I've (laughs) had some requests to sit on different boards and preschool funding and all these different things and it's like where can I be most effective how can I use my energy Mm -hmm. my strengths and what I have available to 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 best serve those around me while also really taking care of myself and so i love how you're saying sustainable success is 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 really that evolution of coming back to yourself and 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 redefining what it means and resting in knowing that you've done enough because i feel like as women we're constantly on the go we're never stopping and you use some prompts with your clients and and with yourself that help you help your clients determine if their version of success is sustainable. So what are these questions? What can we be asking ourselves if maybe we're finding ourselves in this place where we want it, we want to look at sustainable success. What, what are some questions we can ask? I am going to share them with you after I
1: address this key thing you identified, which is the difference between I can and I want. And Uh, that it's such a different energy like when you connect with like I can do that I can do that I could like I was Natalie the producer at CBC for 10 years who was like she go to someone you know give if you have something you need to get done give it to a busy person and I wore that like a medal of like honor I could do it I could do it all and Mm -hmm. for sure that comes with women and um I wouldn't say just women, I would say also just like overachievers, that pedigree. And there's a certain point, there's a threshold where the I can begins to erode this capacity to do those things with integrity. Like there's not, there's a finite um, bank of capacity. And so as we shift into the well, what do I want? There's a lot of I'm sure you have a lot of other podcasts you can point episodes rather that you can point everyone listening to about the like want and giving ourselves permission to like honor the wants and all the shame and judgment and all the baggage that comes up around owning our wants. But ultimately I think people I work with and the people that I'm creating my podcast for, and, and hopefully who are, looking for some guidance in this episode have reached a a tipping point where the can do is no longer appealing it's like they there's a desire like you were saying as we move into the fall with the hecticness of and the intensity and the demands there's like a real awareness of I can't do it all if I want to show up fully in my like highest self with to be of service to who I care most about, to be present with the people and the activities that I most value. And so that's a to get to arrive at, at that place conceptually in and of itself is a win. And I celebrate those who are getting to that point and and also acknowledging how uncomfortable It feels because we really are releasing this old set of metrics, which I will probably get to after. But in terms of like the practical to go from the conceptual of like, I can't do it all. I want a sustainable success. I want to relax at the end of the day and feel that I've done enough, that I've been good enough. How do we bring this into practice so that we actually can experience like a sensation of rest in our bodies? Like we talk about the nervous system, you know, we learned so much through the pandemic about fight, flight, freeze state, and then the rest and digest state. How can we find that rest and digest? And so I, I like threes. And so for me, I have this kind of three practices that I would love to, offer which are very much a part of my day-to-day. Um, okay. the first the first question is are you clear enough about your why? And that is fundamental. If we don't know where our GPS tracker is heading, if we don't have our compass set the right to the right direction, then we and and that is essentially our why, then we are going to be all over the map literally and figuratively. And so what I mean by RY is connecting with like, what is my governing priority, my governing intention for today? What is the like the vision I have for myself longer term? I'm even sensing those of you listening, like my vision, like, okay, don't, don't worry. With that's that could be daunting. It's it's really just like am I going in the direction I want to be heading? And if not, where do I want to head? And so that for me is that we can address that. Like, am I clear enough about my why? We can address it in a more extensive way of exploring in contemplation and journaling and meditation and with a coach, like what is my why? How do I get to that why? How do I remove the barriers getting in my way of my why? but we can also connect with this daily and the way i do that and i i have a feeling you have this practice too in some shape or form andriana is like these future self gratitudes where i'm writing down daily and i got to be honest today there was so much resistance like i had to text a friend and say I don't want to do my future self-gratitudes today. I'm going to, I'm going to do them. And then once I wrote it, it's like, okay, I have to do it now. So it's not something I'm always inspired or there's a desire. There's not always a want to do it, but the value of it is so formidable for me. And so the future self-gratitudes simply put is writing how I want to be like I write, I am calm, clear, confident, confident, this is an alliteration so that I remember it concise compelling capable When I share about my work with others because part of my backstory is like the anxiety of overachieving and how it would downright shut me down and cause me to go into panic um so That's one example. I also write, I'm so in awe of my two beautiful boys. They are my divine teachers of fun, love, and patience. And I take time daily to drop in for deep connection. So I write out many of these and these are how I'm pointing my compass in the direction because then when I'm in the moment with my children or faced with multiple decisions or if someone's asking me what I do I'm not, I I'm like oh I'm calm I'm clear I'm concise <laughs> like I've I've pre-programmed myself uh the second thing is more of a daily maintenance the second question is like am I being sane and I, that's mm-hmm. sort of a tongue-in-cheek but it's yeah. it's quite literal because we know this I it never gets old for me. It's misattributed to Albert Einstein. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. Yeah. And honestly, I I would ask you like, are there moments in your day where you're doing something and you're like, I know that this is a waste of time or that this is going to make me feel bad, or I'm going to regret this. And mm-hmm. I'm still going to do it. Like, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but does that ever show up for you, Adriana? And if so, how?
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I was just thinking yesterday actually, because it was a, you know, we're, we're sort of just in this back to school transition and yesterday was a tough morning. And so I was like, okay, we can't have mornings like this, you know? So I need to, what what do i need to do to to shift this so that we can have easier mornings right and so exactly it's kind of like coming back to it like why would i expect that things be easy if i let my kids sleep in till just before they pretty much mm-hmm. have to wake up and get dressed and eat their breakfast and get out the door when i know that they like to slowly wake up and enjoy their breakfast and watch a little bit of a show and you know kind of ease into the morning why would i expect it to be efficient mm-hmm. when they're sleeping in. So it really, it it was for me checking in after the drop off when they were getting to school late and I'm like, Oh, we're just, we're in September and we're already dropping them off late, you know? So it was like me feeling crappy because, you know, we're already in this place. But then I was like, okay, well, how can we, mm. how can we make a change? You know? And so then this morning I was, you know, when my alarm went off, I'm like, okay, I need to wake up and I need to be prepared for the day. I need to be in the right place mentally and also, you know, physically, like with how I'm organized so that then the the, the day can start off. Right. So it, I know that as a mom, it starts with me and because my husband's not home, he leaves really early in the morning you know, this role is mine to, to make sure that it goes smoothly. So I love that you're saying that, am I being sane? You know, like, is that question, is this completely bonkers or, you know, do we need to make some changes? This is good. Okay. And like the insanity
1: shows up in really subtle and insipid, insipid or insidious. I always get them mixed up. Like I find a dead ringer that helps me identify if I'm in the insanity is when I'm saying to myself I'm just gonna I'm just gonna I'm just gonna do this like so if I know I have an interview in 15 minutes and I'm in the kitchen and I see um like the flat the plants need to be watered (laughs) and I know that it's gonna take me a certain amount of time to set up my light and my zoom and my center myself but it's like that pull to do more fit in more and I I will sometimes be like yes effort I don't know if I can swear here but I'll be like I'm (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm gonna water those plants like what a high wild (laughs) I'm so crazy so I will go and water the plants and then I'm like rushing and late and Mm -hmm. like not late but it's I'm not as centered as I so just Mm -hmm having compassion because that I'm just gonna may never disappear entirely but just that awareness and the third question is like how did I show up today for myself so this is where it's an end of day practice I it's be really become a pillar for me of this sort of container of sustainable success where I have a a notebook by my bed and every night even if I'm falling asleep and sometimes I see the writing the next day like trailed off because I fell asleep writing something but it I just look at where did I struggle where did I I say first actually where did I experience awe, where did I struggle What were my wins? And it could be like one or two for each. Some days I've got more. It's a beautiful way of reviewing my day and looking back at like what worked and what didn't. And I think part of that is it's helping me rewire to this new version of success. That's, it's really all about consciousness. It's about being aware and intentional about how I want to show up that is a direct manifestation of who I want to show up as. And mm-hmm. so it really creates this beautiful continuity. Whereas I, there were years where I was like, what happened today? Like I, I did stuff, but I don't really know what I did. And I feel like I didn't get anything done that was important. I'm exhausted. And Oh, by the way, I just picked out in the fridge because I felt so like revved up from my day. And so now I feel guilty and I feel sick because I've overdosed on food before I go to bed. Like that was my life for
0: many years. Wow. Yes, yeah. Well, I would. I I, I do wanna talk about your journey a little bit because I think it's so great that you've been able to kind of come to this place where you're so honest with yourself, knowing that you want to have this easy version of of what success is but also being realistic in knowing that it's, you know, it's not like black or white, either you're successful or you're not. But these three questions, I I just want to reiterate them one more time for the listener, because they are so beautiful. And I think really important. So the first question is, is, you know, are you connecting to your why? And, and knowing what that purpose is, the, the intention behind what you're doing Because I think that can help us as we get into number two, am I being sane? Are you expecting change by doing the same things or doing things that are not fulfilling or by doing things that you don't actually want to be doing? You know, so it's going back to your why. Like, so am I connecting with my why? Am I being sane? And then am I showing up for myself? And I like how you have um, connected with that by, you know, just taking a few moments before bed. At the end of the day and I, and I know um dr benjamin hardy and dan sullivan have made it um their book i think it's the gap in the gain. they look to the gains like what are those wins and really focusing on the wins which is really important because sometimes especially you know women we can really just hone in on the negatives and and beat ourselves up but how you're approaching it is what are those wins what can i celebrate how can i give myself a pat on the back But then also, what were those areas? What were those places where maybe was I was I not being sane or was I not connecting to my why? How can I change? Or what what can I maybe do differently that's going to help me better connect to my purpose or that's going to help me really rest into success for what it that means for me? So those questions are really, really beautiful. Thank you so much for that. I know we've both had our own journeys of unsustainable success, right? You've kind of touched upon yours, but mine, you know, the listener has probably heard experiencing burnout as that perfectionistic mom of at the time, two kids under the age of four, I had a full-time, you know, really high-powered career as well as a part-time teaching job for you. Like, can you share a bit about your story? How did you come to realize that your path was unsustainable and then you know what did you do to turn things around was it coming up with these questions or was it investing in some some support outside of yourself what was that story of you know journalist overachiever natalie at the cbc a mom doing all the things coming to realize that your version of success was very unsustainable and and how did you get to where you are now
1: mm-hmm. i mean what there's What stands out for me is a snapshot of me uh, in my first few years of my career at the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation at the CBC as a very like driven producer on a top news show and... I remember like leaving, I remember leaving the building, this big cavernous, I don't know if you've ever been in the CBC, but it's quite the edifice and I'd be leaving at like 9.30, 10 at night, 10.30, I'd eaten like, not to diss food court food, but for me at the time, it was like just really unhealthy food because I just didn't have time to get myself something healthy. So I'd eaten like out of a styrofoam thing at my desk, probably one of the last people in the show like staying to do work and I'd be I'd I'd be finishing up and there would always be these like typically it was older men to be honest but they'd be like what are you still doing here go home and I like I kind of at the time would laugh because and smile because I almost took it as like um a compliment about how hardcore I was but I remember I'd be like, I either call my parents on my walk home to my condo or I'd get in a cab and then I'd inevitably get some kind of like dessert food that was not healthy for me before bed. And then there would just be this like angst and awareness in me of like, this is not who I want to be. And I have to do something different because my, my whole life was just like working and putting that and, and working not necessarily just cause I loved it, but because there was this like insatiable beast inside of me that never felt I was doing enough and was always looking for more, even though I was giving my all, I was still like looking to my super, like my, um, bosses and colleagues to tell me I was doing enough constantly doubting what I was doing as I alluded to earlier I'd be in story meetings I'd have these well thought out pitches and then when it was my time to suggest a story um, or a conversation I would kind of blank often because I was so panicked about the fact that my pitch might not be the right fit and um, I was overweight. I had high cholesterol. um I was like trying to find I I'm really trying to be honest here because I I feel like it's helpful. Like I was dating online dating, but I just felt like obsessed with trying to find a boyfriend, but not really knowing why I wanted that. It was just this like this, again, like this like insatiable need for these external things to make me feel that I was enough so I was even though I was overeating and hating my body and over exercising I just would tell myself like when I have the perfect body I will be I will meet my soulmate you know when I have this title at my work I will feel accomplished enough it was all these when I then eyes yes and I think for me, there was, there were a few turning points, but one of them was a a dear friend um, who, she tells me now that she planted the seed many times before, but she, I talked to her about how I kept going back to the snack machine to get snacks because I was, I was studying for something and she's like, oh yeah, I struggle with that too. And she ended up sharing her own journey with like overeating, emotional overeating and her recovery journey. And that was a massive turning point for me to just see an example of someone who seemed very like, I, I, I really The word balance, I think is like loaded, but somebody who is right sized in their relationship with like food, their body. And that was the first piece for me of kind of self-awareness that the way I was going about things, that whole insanity definition, like thinking things will be different, but doing the same thing over and over. And I started to actually go to a support group that was my first sort of opening to getting honest about what I was doing with food and how I was talking to myself and how I was obsessed all the time with my body image and with, was I performing well enough at work? Um, And that was the piece that really also led me to meditation and mindfulness, which was a game changer for me because what I realized was that I was in, I was constantly tense. And so food was this brief reprieve for me to just calm down. And so when I started to learn that I could create calm at will through meditation or even mindfulness in action, which I often support clients or in that you don't just sit like in Lotus position for half an hour, you can actually practice mindfulness in all sorts of ways all day long. That was a breakthrough for me to see, Andriana, that I could create calm in my body. And even in the most stressful situations, I was able to regulate myself. And once I did that, all these new all these new ways of seeing the world started showing up and new ways of me showing up um, presented themselves. Like I would go into meetings, story meetings, conversations with people who in the past I'd be so intimidated by. And I knew all I need to do it right now is relax my body and trust that the right words will come out. And it actually, my career kind of, Took such a turn in the best way possible because of me just finding a home in my own skin and creating that experience of
0: calm. Thank you so much for sharing that, Natalie, and for being so honest. Because I think sometimes when you're in the position, you know, when you're looking backwards, it can be easy to sort of glaze over those details of, you know, the darkness or the struggles or the challenges. And you can, recall, you know, where I was to where I am now, but sometimes when we're thinking about it and your intention, I believe is really to help other people who might be feeling like they are in an unsustainable version of success. That was it for me. I wasn't like, I
1: want to feel more self-love. I want to show up more in my full potential. Like, no, I wanted to, I was sick and tired of feeling horrible and tense in my body all the time and like having health issues and reaching the age of 30 when I wanted to possibly have a partner and a family and feeling like nothing was like nothing was happening. So for me, it was more like I was willing to go to any lengths to move out of that unsustainable version of intensity and, and, through that process, then I discovered what it was like to feel love for myself, feel love for another. Like my husband was the first person that I really felt like true, I think, love, not infatuation, which was mm-hmm. most of the other ones. So I think it's just, I really feel it's important. As you said, I I really want to be of service to others, especially the hyperachievers, the people who may have big titles and accolades and have big leadership titles and positions that like you don't need to have a desire for self love to start this process you just have to be at a point where your desire for something different is greater than your um your desire for something different is greater than your willingness to stay put in your current
0: discomfort. Yes, that's beautiful. Thank you for clarifying. And for our overachievers, those who are in this place, I know that we appreciate metrics because you're coming, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm the one who wanted the like, you know, gold sticker and, you know, the A, A plus, no, I wanted A plus plus, you know, what are some metrics that we might be able to use then to support our sustainable success? Because what what you're saying is like to get to where you are now, sometimes it takes a little bit of, am I doing it right? Am I mm-hmm. good enough? Am mm-hmm. I, do, you know, how can we then move into the ease and resting in our version of success? How can we get to that place? How can we support our own sustainable success? The
1: metric thing is very fascinating. Even today, I see my podcast, which I recently released, is charting. I'm learning this term and trending. So it's number eight in Canada on the Apple, whatever. I don't mean to say whatever, that the algorithm is going (laughs) to affect me now that I exist Apple. Um, See, I'm still vulnerable to the uh, metrics, but yeah, I'm I'm noticing the metrics and it feels good externally because I'm like, oh, I did it right. I got the audio uploaded on the platform and people are listening and it's a good litmus test for me because it's like, and that's only one layer. And in the past, it would just be insatiable around the metrics. And the irony is um, for me, that it was never enough. Like I would, and I would think like, well, why am I not at one? Like what's wrong with me? That it would just go right (laughs) to that negativity wiring, which we all have. So the, the metrics that I I like this term metrics, because part of reframing our success at creating a success of our own is identifying that there are these mainstream metrics that we unconsciously have been conditioned to believe as, the be all and end all like our academic institutions a lot of our families especially those of us who come from immigrant families um there's a real kind of pushing for like you have to be established you need these accolades and these titles and this salary and status because it a lot of it a lot of it is about security feeling secure which is a slightly prehistoric and like it's, it's a way, it's a framework that's no longer serving us. Um, it's, it's also a bit of a patriarchal, I have to say, um, approach. And to me, there's a more feminine, um, matriarchal metric system that is available to men and women. And it's less about the thinking and the intellect and more about the, feeling and the emotional, that connection of like, am I being in integrity with myself? And we can't know that from a a number on a scale or a ranking on a chart. It's an inner gut knowing, which we all, we talk about colloquially, but there's actually a lot of neuroscience, like evidence-based that backs it up. So the metrics around this sustainable success are, are, more questions, Andriana. I got questions. <laughs> I don't have answers. Yeah. Uh, and so like, one of them is how does my body feel? How, and can you tune in like to your, often it's your gut. Like, is there a tension in your abdomen? How is your breathing? Like, are you breathing all, only up to your collarbone or can you feel air moving through your entire body? Diaphragm and abdomen, all the way to like your pelvis. Um, and that so we all take like our first deep
0: breath of the yes. day. <laughs> like, thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Let's all take a quick breath. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I love that. How am I feeling in my body? Beautiful. Um,
1: Garvia Bailey, who is who's an awesome broadcaster and such a leader in terms of um creating inclusive spaces for the BIPOC community. Uh, she was one of my guests, and she talks about like is there an imbalance between my professional and personal like am I showing up a certain way professionally and getting all the accolades and being seen as the best and then I come home and I'm being a total a-hole and curmudgeon to my family like what looking at that so Mm -hmm. am I showing up impeccably in all areas of my life am I showing up in all my affairs with the same set of principles? Or am I kind of like putting on a show over here and being harmful over here? Um, Ren, jo- mm-hmm. Ren Jones, I'll give you one more. And if you want more, you can let me know. But Ren Jones, who's a poet and writer, she asks, how truly am I honoring my spark? so our spark is it's like a life force that we all have we dismiss it in our culture as like a nice to have but it's so essential and vital for us to to be loving to others and to contribute to society if we're not tuned into that like not that we're all different right and I'm a creative so I'm Oh my god I'm stumbling on my words. Everyone's creative. Everyone's a creative. We we all have a spark. I'm I'm a writer, I'm an artist. I'm very connected with my creative side. So for me especially I feel like trapped if I'm not checking in with my spark and with right. my my creative gifts. I think though we all have a certain spark that you know my husband's an emerge room physician so his spark isn't you know like writing new lyrics for a song but it's like it's for him it's being on the baseball field and just feeling the like when he plays baseball he is not thinking about the patient he saw and the bad drive on the 401 he's like in the zone so How truly am I honoring my spark is such a beautiful question. And hopefully all of these we can ask without judgment, just with
0: like an open mind. And when we get busy, are we letting go of what lights us up? You know, I mean, and it goes kind of back to those, those initial questions, you know, like, am I Saying yes to all of these things with the hope that I'm getting all this external validation, while saying no to myself, only then to to not be able to to feed that flame, to 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 ignite that spark, to really feel, you know, I use the word nurtured, like you know, when I'm doing things for myself, I feel that sense of nurture that I'm taking care of myself which allows me to then, you know, be more efficient and show up in a way that I want to, to your point, you know, in all areas of my life. So, you know, it goes back to the old fashion, the old analogy that everyone uses, like to fill your cup, right? Or yeah, to put on that oxygen mask, you're doing the oxygen mask, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> we're playing charades here. Mm-hmm. But it, it's so true. So thank you for sharing both sets of questions. And I think we can come back to this, And to close out, I am so honored and I'm so grateful because you have offered to to guide us through a special practice to help us connect with our own inner compass. And for those of us who maybe literally have not even paused for one moment, the the cue of taking a deep breath was our first deep breath of the day. Maybe this is something Mm -hmm. that we can really sit with right now, really enjoy. It's it's only going to be a few minutes, but I think that this can be really, really helpful. So can you take us through this guided practice to help us connect with our own inner compass of success? I'm going to just go ahead and mute my mic. I'm going to let you take the floor and I'm going to just fully enjoy this. So Natalie, thank you so much. You're so
1: welcome, Andriana. Repetition is the greatest form of permanence. So I know you say, you know, the nurturing, filling our cup, oxygen mass, we need to hear this message because it's still not the mainstream. It's still, there's still a lot of judgment and reticence around it. So it's so important to remind each other, remind ourselves and to have the kind of conversations you have on your program. And I will say that on my website, there's a download, a free download guide with this practice that I'm going to do a special short version live with your, with all of you listening. So if people want, uh, there's also like a printout or like a PDF that outlines the steps that you can take to integrate this practice. You you just need to check that out on my website. Beautiful. And that link will be in the podcast notes for this episode. Okay. Amazing. Thank you. Awkward plug, but I feel like it's actually of service. So there we go. Thank you for that. Okay. Lovely. So finding a position wherever you are right now, and this might, like me, you might be out for a run or a walk and that's perfectly fine. There's not one way to do this. So that position can be in motion or still and even in this moment of space between words silence. Can you notice the sensation of the same way you shake a snow cone and see all those tiny snowflakes starting to float down can you imagine that all this millions of cells in your body are starting to settle they may have been flying whizzing around and they're just settling down as you bring awareness to this moment and then right away i like to connect with my breath so whatever that looks like for you it's bringing any amount of awareness to your breath and you may right away want to take a deeper breath Inhaling deeply through the nose, filling up the lungs, the diaphragm, the belly, and as you exhale, just feeling that air coming out of your mouth and simultaneously the body softening, relaxing any amount. You can even notice here in the spirit of like, how am I feeling that question of how does my body feel? Where might there be tension in the body right now? There's incidentally always tension somewhere. Is it in my face? Is it in my belly? Is it in my hands? And on that next exhale, we can release, dissolve, soften some of that tension. And we might ask ourselves this next question, again, with compassion and curiosity is am I showing up truly today? Am I showing up truly today as the person I wish to be, which can feel pretty grandiose, but it can also be quite subtle. Am I showing up truly today as the person I most wish to be? What I love about this question is we can course correct at any moment. The day is not a failure at 5pm because we didn't make the ideal choice with food or we said something to someone that was hurtful. We can repair, we can reset. That is, that is sustainable success it's not perfectionistic success that doesn't exist and finally a final question we can ask from this place of openness and curiosity is what can i celebrate in this moment what can i see as a win What am I grateful about my day so far? And giving yourself the space for that to perhaps surface. Maybe it's just the way you responded to someone who is distraught. Or maybe it's that you went for that run or walk or that you're even doing this practice right now. So when you're ready, you can let that great work go and find yourself back in your body. If your eyes are closed, you can open your eyes and take a stretch and get ready for whatever remains in the day for you to show up as best as you can.
0: I don't want to ruin the moment by speaking again, but I would like to just celebrate this conversation. And it really is a win for me to be chatting with you today, Natalie, and I just want to honor you and the work that you're doing your brand new podcast, a success of our own. It just launched this month and I'm so, so proud of all the work that you're doing. It's it's so great to see you shine. And we were just chatting earlier about a previous podcast episode with Lisa Bragg about not dimming our light and standing in our power. And yeah. I think we can do that without going into the overdrive, overachieving mode. And this conversation, I think really helps reframe, you know, stepping into your power and defining what it means to be successful. So I wish you all the best. And I thank you so much for being here today. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Andriana. Now, I mean it when I say that this conversation really was meaningful to me. And I hope that it has helped you and has served you in some way. You can check out Natalie online at natalieruskin.com for all sorts of incredible resources, including the free download guide that she mentioned with her three-step formula to support your own sustainable success. Please also check out her newly launched podcast, A Success of Our Own, which is available wherever you're listening right now. And if you're interested, she also does have some availability with her group coaching program to join her community of other inspiring humans to create the changes that you most desire in your life. So all the links for that are in the episode notes for this podcast episode. So definitely check that out. And if this episode resonated with you, if you found some value, if you're going to listen to this, this guide that she has provided in this practice to help you redefine what success means to you on your own terms, Can you do me a favor and please share it with one person who can also benefit from hearing this conversation and please head to Apple podcasts and write me a short and sweet review, rate this episode. And you know what? Maybe share it to social media, throw it up in your stories on Instagram. Take me. I would love to share that as well. It's been such a pleasure sharing this episode with you. And I can't wait to see you here for another episode of the Chuckle Israel podcast. Until then, take good care.